0: Okay, so today I'm recording this uh, podcast to share about what I read from this book, Tap Dancing to Work, Collected and Expanded by Carol J. Loomis. In this section, written by Warren Buffett in May 1977, the topic is How Inflation Swindles the Equity Investor. What I read was that stocks and bonds are pretty similar because though bonds give a fixed return, fixed coupon return stocks actually do give a fixed return when it's measured over a long time and in the orange paragraph that I wanted to share with you guys So it says that uh, in the usual case, a bond investor receives his entire coupon in cash and is left to reinvest as best as he can. Uh, Our stock investor equity coupon in contrast is partially retained by the company and is reinvested at whatever rates the company happens to be earning. In other words, going back to our corporate universe, part of the 12% earned annually is paid out in dividends and the balance is put Right back into the universe to earn 12% or so. So how did he, how did he come out with this 12%? Is because over a long time stocks will return 12% per annum. So this characteristic of stocks, the reinvestment part of the coupon can be good or bad depending on the relative attractiveness of that 12%. Why did they write such a relative why did they mention relative attractiveness? It's because they are comparing the returns between a bond and a Stop. So the so if I continue, the news was very good indeed in the nineteen fifties and early sixties, with bonds yielding only three or four percent. The right to invest automatically a portion of the equity coupon at twelve percent was enormous. Was of enormous value. This is the part that uh it got me. It triggered me to think about those kind of companies that plow their retained earnings back into the business. As com uh, as compared to companies who give out dividends. For example, a company at one million. If they can put it back into the company and based on the ROE, perhaps like fifty percent, it seems like if indeed you do not take the cash dividend, the value of that cash dividend would have grown by another fifty percent. So, for example, like AI, if it's able to, I think generate, I think an ROE of fifty percent, your money would have gone would have grown by that percentage. But instead, if you take out the dividends and you reinvest it into the company, be it whether it's open market purchase or any other alternative investment instruments, right? your return will have been lower. So this is the crux that I learned from uh, this paragraph between growth companies and companies that pay dividends. Note that investors could not just invest their own money and get that 12% return. Stock prices in this range in this period, it ranged far above book value and investors were prevented by the premium prices they had to pay from directly extracting out of the underlying corporate universe whatever rate that universe was earning. You can't pay far above par for a 12% bond and earn 12% for yourself. But, here's the crucial part, you might want to stay alert, but on their retained earnings, investors could earn 12%. In effect... Earnings retention allowed investors to buy at book value part of an enterprise that in the economic environment then existing was worth a great deal more than book value. So that coincides. The ARA example that I wanted to share with, uh, with you guys because if ARA wanted to pay up 1 million dividends by told ARA, no, keep it and expand the business and they generate a 30% return on equity, on that business, my returns will have been 30%. I hope this is a spoiler for for those team members who are biased, who are skilled towards dividends and also skilled towards growth companies because uh, it gave me a totally new concept. Hey, thanks for investing your time to tune in to this podcast. I would really want to know if this podcast has brought you any value Whether you listen to one podcast or 9,000 of them that I'll create in the future. If you could take a moment, and I know you're busy, but I'm still asking and you don't have to do it, but you'll mean a lot to me if you left a review of this podcast, whether it's one star or five, that's irrelevant because what I'm looking forward to is an honest score and an honest couple sentences of why this podcast has brought you value,